Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. Uganda's regressive social media tax stays, at least for now, by Emily Dreyfus. The Ugandan parliament referred a controversial new social media tax to a committee for further consideration on Thursday after protesters took to the streets of Kampala last week. The tax, which went into effect July 1st, charges 200 Ugandan shillings, or the equivalent of five cents per day, of use for 60 mobile apps, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and WhatsApp. Critics say it puts an undue burden on the poorest members of society and that it's an assault on freedom of expression. The primary motivation behind the social media tax is to silence speech, to reduce the spaces where people can exchange information, and to really be able to control with the recognition that online platforms have become the more commonly used way for sharing information, says Joan Nianyuki, Amnesty International Regional Director for East Africa, the Horn, and the Great Lakes. While Uganda's social media tax is the first of its kind, according to the Electronic Frontier Foundation, it follows a wider trend in the region of governments limiting Internet access and speech. Neighboring Tanzania recently passed a law charging bloggers a $930 annual fee to publish online. And earlier this week, Egypt passed a bill allowing the government to block any social media account with more than 5,000 followers if it finds that a person has, quote, spread fake news. Uganda's social media tax was passed as part of a larger bill, which also included an unpopular 1% tax on all mobile transactions that has since been reduced. Political analysts have categorized Uganda's government as dictatorship light. The country's 73-year-old president, Yaweri Museveni, has been in power since 1986. He abolished term limits in 2005 and in January overturned a rule that would have forced him to retire at age 75, instead allowing him to be president for life, a move critics called illegal. During elections in 2016, the government blocked access to social media for days in order to stop the organization of protests, silence or erase support for his opposition and discourage voting. 
When the social media tax was first announced at the end of May, Museveni reportedly told Parliament it was to discourage the spread of gossip and to earn revenue from the use of popular social media apps run by foreign companies. International and domestic outrage followed, but Museveni doubled down on his defense of the tax. Social media use is definitely a luxury item, Museveni wrote in a blog post on July 12th, comparing social media to consumer goods like beer, tobacco, and perfume. Internet use can be sometimes for educational purposes and research. This should not be taxed. However, using Internet to access social media for chatting, recreation, malice, subversion, inciting murder is definitely a luxury. Human rights advocates say the focus on quote-unquote gossip is an attempt to co-opt genuine concern about misinformation on social media as ways to justify censorship. It's not the place of the government to decide what is gossip and what is credible or not. When the government attempts to do that, it is really a restriction of the freedom of expression, says Nayanyuki. Local opposition to the tax is led by Robert Kayagulanyi, a popular musician known as Bobby Wine, who's now a member of parliament. He and fellow musician Alexander Baganza led the protest in Kampala last week, which the government ended with tear gas. Two protesters were arrested. Wine had to flee back to Parliament in a disguise and is now facing charges of assault and theft, according to local reports. Now it is evident that government is only trying to buy time so that Ugandans become complacent and used to this oppression which we refuse, Kayagulanyi told Voice of America Thursday. This time, as leaders, we are only coming to join Ugandans because the people raised their voice, which has been and still stands, that this tax must go. I think the government may have been a little taken aback that there really has been a popular pushback against this tax, says EEF International Director Danny O'Brien. It plays into the government's ignorance of how the technology is being used on a daily basis. In U.S. dollars, the daily tax of 200 shillings adds up to around $19 a year, which might not sound like much until you consider that the per capita GDP in Uganda was $604 in 2017, according to the World Bank. Youth unemployment is an ongoing problem the government and aid groups have been trying to solve by encouraging entrepreneurship. With 42% of Ugandans online, a jump of 10% over last year, much of the hustle for young entrepreneurs is happening online. To young Ugandans, the taxes further prove that their government is out of touch, both with how important social media is in their lives and in how much the tax would burden them, considering it nearly doubles what most people pay daily to get online. I think the government is threatened by our use of social media, says Baganza, who uses social media to promote his music and reach his fans. Though he describes himself as unpolitical, Baganza is part of the under-30 generation of young Ugandans who make up 78% of the population and who mostly do not favor Museveni, according to a 2017 poll. We have the perspective of people who don't have as much because we come from that side as well. That's why we stand with the people, he says. Social media has proved to be a powerful tool for organizing protest movements, from the Arab Spring to Black Lives Matter in the U.S. 
Protest hashtags like no to social media tax and this tax must go have gone viral in response to the Ugandan government's actions. But Baganza tells Wire that most people who showed up for last week's demonstration in Kampala did not find out about it from social media. Rather, they joined in when they saw people dressed in red marching through the street. Though the protest received a lot of media attention, it was relatively small, with no more than a hundred people, according to Baganza. Media reports refer to the gathering as a crowd. Keeping protests small is part of the appeal in limiting social media, say critics. The president can't let a hundred people gather. Thirty people gathering, police come, tear gas, bullets. You just pick up and go home. I've never seen a protest of more than one hundred people, says Anita Mamambazi, a marketer in Kampala for whom social media is an essential part of the job. The government says it's raised seven billion shillings from the social media and mobile taxes since the beginning of the month, but many Ugandans have been able to get around paying the former by using VPNs. According to a survey of 2,918 Ugandans conducted by Kampala-based communications firm Whitehead, 57% of people who got online since the tax went into effect reported using a VPN. 40% said they paid the tax. The government has threatened to block VPNs, and one MP accused those who avoid the tax of being unpatriotic. If you are a real committed Ugandan who wants services from your government, why are you motivated and proud with your head high to contribute money 30 times OTT tax to the innovator of VPN, he said. He was referring to the cost of the data it took to download a VPN, although that's a one-time cost, whereas the OTT tax is daily. Even though there are workarounds, the tax has already had an impact on social media access. 71% of respondents reported being extremely inconvenienced, and they reported an 11% drop in their overall social media usage since the taxes went into effect. Ugandans who spoke to Wired reported seeing significantly less engagement with their posts online, too. The decision by Parliament on Thursday effectively keeps the tax in place for at least another 45 days. Opponents have not been optimistic. I don't believe they're going to do anything about it. I know it's going to stay, says Mbazi. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.